the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. It's the Date Day Show because it's Thursday. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is the Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering your Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life, whatever's on your heart. All you have to do is provide the phone call. Remember, Paul is here today and she's looking really, really smart. So if you have any comments or questions, she is ready. 210-340-9585 for your live calls and questions. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. Sweetheart, welcome to the show. Thank you. What's up? Well, uh, quite a bit, but let me just start out with uh, a couple of announcements for anybody, everybody who wants to come uh, tomorrow night, because we're you're gonna ordain Louie to be a pastor, Louie. Now you know it's another one of our kids that's grown up. <laughs> 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 Louie probably should have been a pastor, like you're saying, at least ten years ago. But he's been doing the pastor thing yeah. for a while. He teaches the foundations class, and he and Annette together, and just been around for. A long time, and it's it's going to be so fun. And Louis, I, met, I met with him the, yesterday. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it was yeah, it was yesterday, and um, we're in our conversation for twenty four years. Whoa, twenty four years they've been here. See, time just goes so fast. Like yep. like tomorrow, this is what you'll say. We've come to the end of another week of our live <laughs> radio program. But uh, so Louis' ordination here tomorrow night, seven o'clock. I, I you know. Don't miss it, you know. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because he's a great teacher, but he's a, a greater storyteller. You know, he really makes uh, talks in pictures that I can understand. So I, I love that. And then on Saturday, we're busy. You know what, Pastor Ron? We are busy. <laughs> Pastor's discipleship class, and it's not just for the guys, you know, um, but their wives and then other people from the body who – just really want to know a little bit better or more about the workings of Calvary Chapel San Antonio. So that's always fun. So that's from, well, let me go back. You can come for prayer. Prayer. <laughs> you can come for prayer at 9.30 to 10.30, and we all need prayer. And it's been fun. Uh, our group has grown, and it's just one hour, so not everybody prays. But the numbers of people who come who can listen to other people pray, um, that's really kind of a, a cool thing into, you know, even <clears throat> you can hear people grow up in how they pray. 
Yeah, I always say you can you can tell somebody who who prays when they pray publicly. You can you can tell if they play pray privately mm-hmm. um, because prayer is normal for them. Mm-hmm. And and when somebody is not used to praying privately, mm-hmm. um, you know, then it's it can get a little showy or it can be what they hear other people pray kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's been really wonderful to watch so many of these people. I don't know how long were you doing that Saturday morning prayer, Paula? Yeah. I don't either. It's, it's just, been a long time. It's been a long time, but it went fast. <laughs> <laughs> and then another thing that I, I really appreciate that we do here is on Sunday at 5 o'clock, you know, we have our three Sunday morning services. Eight, and people always ask, what do you have? What do you say, 1159? Three Sunday morning services. <laughs> so 830, 1015, 1159. And we start on time. Yeah, boy. yeah. Hit it, Pastor Elaine. <laughs> you know, otherwise the congregation going to start singing a cappella because uh, we start on time. But f- uh, 5 o'clock that night, we have the business meeting. You know, I remember one year when my brother had come, here, that's when he came to the church. You know, he came to church that night, and we had the business meeting, and he was really impressed that our books are that open. You know, of course, I heard you say we don't let uh, you don't disclose what the other people make, but you know, you get to disclose what you make, and, and I think no offense, but I think people kind of like, ooh, poor Pastor Ron. <laughs> 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 Nobody has to say poor pastor and I get the best gig in the whole world. Yeah, yeah, and we're old, so we get Social Security, so we're good. <laughs> Don't feel sorry for us. But, yeah, so those are three really, or four really cool things, Louise ordination, prayer, discipleship class, and the business meeting. I already need a nap. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to a wedding after the pastor discipleship class. So, but it's it's a really good life. The more people come, the more kids we have that oh. we didn't know before. And so you gotta, you're, we're involved in people's lives, so it's it's a fun life. But this year, babe, this year, Monday, what happened? This week. Oh, this week. This week you said this say. year. I'm mm-hmm. thinking, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Well, Pastor Will and Natasha are having their wedding renewal, but that's, that's Tuesday. That's Tuesday, yeah. 25 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, this week. This week. Okay, now. On Monday. This is where I'm going to take over. Well, go ahead then. I know it's your show. I know. But since this is an anniversary week of sorts, mm-hmm. I thought that the Lord could use you today, Paula, to uh, be a source of encouragement. Um, um, that's your gift, but also give some hope to some ladies in particular who are going through some difficult things. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I'd like for you to give us a perspective on uh, the announcement I made on Monday. You know, I, I like to talk about you know, your life can change in an instant. You mm-hmm. wake up in the morning mm-hmm. and it's like every other day um, and you, you're just going to do the same things you always do. And then God just sort of jumps in the middle of that day and changes everything. Now, mm-hmm. sometimes it's for good things. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's for bad things. Mm-hmm. But the reality is these life-changing events uh, are are possible every single day. And we need to be ready for them. Mm-hmm. And March 20th, 1970 was one of those days for you and for me. Mm-hmm. Neither one of us knew God, Mm-mm. didn't care anything about God. Uh, we were busy doing our own thing. We were young once. And uh, um, it was the day when uh, I called you and told you I was coming down and knocked on your door, and instantly we fell in love. Instantly we fell in love. And I thought, Paula, it would be helpful to people for them to hear um, sort of your story, not just of the time that we met. It was 53 years ago this Monday, week. 53 years ago Monday. Yeah, that, that we met. And we've been together ever since. Mm-hmm. And um, in in that 53 years, my goodness, you've lived a life. Mm-hmm. You know, at first it was uh, poor Paula. She married a jerk. And then it was poor Paula. She was married to a religious nut, mm-hmm. you know, a Jesus freak. Mm-hmm. And um, um, I think your life is anything but a life of a poor Paula. But but why don't you talk about how our lives changed? One of the questions I'd like to ask you, you, you get a little embarrassed when I say this, but you were headed for a singing career mm. and a recording artist and um, the, the first choice to replace Diana Ross when she stepped down from the Supremes. 
And um, um, you chose me. I mean, we fell in love instantly. And you chose me instead of all of that. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Mm-hmm. Well, I was at home reading Psalm 139 because, you know, <clears throat> I was thinking about the sovereignty of God in your life can change in a moment, you know, because he knows everything. And that day that you knocked on my door and I opened the door and I saw you, I heard that voice say, this is the one for life. I'm not saved at all, <laughs> not even close. And I don't know you from Adam. Um, we, we'd seen each other. Uh, I remembered you. You wouldn't have remembered me from from anybody else in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, when when uh, you were a freshman in high school, okay. and I was a sophomore at a baseball tournament, mm-hmm. uh, you were a cheerleader as always, mm-hmm. and um, I was gift playing, of encouragement. Yeah, and I was playing baseball, <laughs> and uh, and I remember thinking, you know, she's cute, but she's got big feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were so skinny, yeah. and uh, you had this beautiful smile, and so that was my only impression. And I remember that like it was yesterday. Um, She's got big feet, mm-hmm. and you hadn't grown into them yet. Mm-hmm, that's right. And Minnie uh, Mouse, remember and, skinny Minnie Minnie Mouse. And I didn't see you again until March thirteenth, nineteen seventy, when I saw you cheerleading at a high school basketball game, mm-hmm. and you were a senior then. Mm-hmm. And I looked. I said, "Who is that?" Because mm-hmm. immediately you took my breath away. And 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 I said, "Who is that?" And my friend said, "Well, that's Paula Anderson." And I said, the same Paula Anderson that I saw back then? And my only, my, honestly, my first thought was, wow, has she filled out? <laughs> Let me talk. Okay, stop talking. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Has she filled out? That doesn't mean I got fat either. So I'm in here fanning myself now with the little pamphlet that I brought in here. Like one of the old churches where the ladies get a little... Swoony, I'm a fan of myself. So anyway, 53 years ago, yeah, you came to that door and, you know, I was thinking again about God's sovereignty because he knows stuff way before we do. And so verse 13 in Psalm 139 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. This is the key. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And so when I heard that voice say, this is the one for life. Of course, I don't know God then at all. But I heard mm-hmm. that voice. And now, you know. So, so he had a diary sort of like March 20th, 1970. Mm-hmm. Bam! Yeah. He probably told the angels, watch this. <laughs> just, just look at this, right? Can, you know, because they long to look into these kind of things. And so it's like, looking back, it's like, God, he had this plan all along. And then if you look at verses 5 and 6, it says, You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me, and that I, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. And so even as we're going through life, you know, God is like, Oh, no, I'm going to put my hand up right here. You can only go this far. Then you have to turn right or left. You know, and and right at the right time, here you come calling me, coming over my house. I open the door. Bam, that's the one, you know, not even saved. But God knows all the days ordained for me before, you know, any one of them was written in his book. And he said, this is the one for life. So life goes on because, you know, in those 53 years, our flesh, the enemy, you know, in the world, tried to mess it up. And how many times did God say, uh, uh, nope, you can only go this far. Turn yourself around, girl. That is the one for life. Or, you know, Mr. Ron, you need to straighten up because you're the one for life. So, <laughs> you know, just to think about that, um, when you came to my door, I-, I wasn't looking for a husband, you know, just Somebody to be nice and take me out on a date or something and, and pick up the tab. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, you came in the house, and it was still, I think it was still light outside when you got there. And it was trying to almost be late <laughs> the next day when you left. 
my mom had to come out of her bedroom, I think it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. Boy, do you not have a home? <laughs> but, yeah, I, you know, you think back, Lord, you had this plan all along. And so um, the in-between times weren't so, weren't so great because, you know, at that time neither one of us were saved. And you just do what the world does, and there's no security. Um, neither one of us really knew how to be people, let alone, um, you know, a couple. Both of our parents' marriages stank. I know my parents, they argued so much. Mm. Um, and so, you know, even when we got married, I just thought, you know, if you're arguing, that's just how you communicate. <laughs> Paul, before we go we move a longer way forward, um, tell, tell me what you remember about the next day. That was Friday night that we met, mm-hmm. and I, I left your house about 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I think I was back there at 7 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. to pick you up and take you to the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had already made a, a, a range to go surfing with some of the friends I mm-hmm. had, so mm-hmm. they were in the car with us, but I said to them, once we get there, you guys get lost, because mm-hmm. I met this girl. She's coming to the beach with us, and, and uh, what do you remember about that Saturday? I remember I'm sitting in the in the middle seat, in you know next to you driving, and thinking, what has happened? You know, I don't really know this guy, but I know this. This is the one for life. And so I was excited, scared, um, didn't have any like future anticipation. What is this like? Because I didn't really have a... I, I went out in groups, you know? I didn't really have a boyfriend because I just really didn't have time. I didn't want to take time for that. Um, so you were it. And I was like, what happens now, you know? Was that the first date where we were walking, holding hands? Oh, my gosh. And I said, could we saw this elderly couple come past yeah, us. Elder, they're probably younger than we are now, but Yeah, yeah. probably. But they but they didn't dress nearly as cool. <laughs> the man had on like madras shorts and black strappy sandals with black socks up to his knees and a, and a belt on those pants and his shorts it, were pulled up she, under his chest. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it was way up beyond his waist and and she had on a, a muumu with this big floppy hat. But they were holding hands. It looked like they'd been together for a long time. And, and I said, and I can't believe I said that. You did. I know. I was there. I remember. Wouldn't it be nice if we grow old like that together? And here we are. Prophetess. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are. Well, the only thing that you're missing, the, the only thing we're missing from this whole thing is the moo. Oh, no, there will be no moo <laughs> Somebody had given me a moo-moo years ago because we were going to have something like a Hawaiian day. And I was, you know, because I'm, I'm all for, you know, participating in these activities. I put that moo-moo on, looked at myself in the mirror, and I said, where's the matches? <laughs> but I didn't burn it, but I was like, give me some scissors or something that was, no, I, let me just have a lay. <laughs> and some flip-flops, but I'll be fine, but no moo-moos in this in this relationship. You know, Paula, 53 years ago, um, interracial dating was mm-hmm. way different mm-hmm. than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, we both lived in communities where there were mixed populations of people groups. Um, my city was 50% black and your city was less than that, yeah. But, yeah. but nonetheless had a, had a, a, a black population. Um, it was uh, not too long after the Watts riots, and so racial tensions were 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 high. Mm-hmm. Um, we would walk places holding hands, and 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 people would all but spit at us, mm-hmm. uh, curse at us, mm-hmm. and bump into us, mm-hmm. uh, say mean things, trying to to get us to get me to fight, type thing. Um, I was disowned by my. My dad, and, and, and he, he, he insisted my family didn't have anything to do with me as well. 
uh, your mom was going through all kinds of mental issues. Mm-hmm. Um, My dad had already passed your, your, away. your dad died when you were 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not a, a, an easy time to survive a relationship through. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm going through my own issues. You know, I was a baseball player in college, and I'm I got a plan. I'm going to play second base for the Dodgers, and uh, um, I got hurt, mm-hmm. and pro- I wasn't good enough anyway. But the 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 whole idea was we're just lost kids in a in a time where the the Jesus Revolution is going on, and we have nothing to do with that. I'm a part time hippie and a part time baseball player. Um, it was just hard. It, it, if you think about it, you know, Jesus, the Bible says, holds all things together. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the only thing holding us together. Yeah. Because there's just no conceivable way mm-hmm. that we could have been, um, that we could have survived the, the trials that we had to go through. And yet, um, honestly, except for just a minute in there, um, I don't think we ever thought of divorce. You might have thought about murder a few times. But... I thought about murder a lot, and you <laughs> mentioned divorce a whole bunch of times. Yeah, I was a jerk. Yeah, you but, were. But, but, you know. I was the, a jerk at it. Okay. The, the idea that uh, that we have survived even a few years, let alone 53 years 53 together, years. Um, is just is just proof that God holds all things together. God yeah. works all things together for the good of those who are who love him and who mm-hmm. are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. And I, I think um, there's there's a whole bunch maybe on the other side of the break, Paula, uh, we talk about um, counsel for for uh, ladies who are married to jerks. You know, unequally yoked relationship. Let me ask you this in our in our last five minutes of this half hour of the program. Um, let's talk about your singing career why, and, and why you gave it up. Did, what, what's that story? <laughs> well, and, and I should have said you gave it up because you sing now. In yeah. Church, mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, my mom was in and out of my life. But I think she had something to do with that. You know, I got a daughter who can sing kind of a thing. And uh, so I ended up meeting Barry Gordy and some other people. And she can sing. She can sing. So I remember singing. And they're like, well, we're in the process of, you know, grooming is kind of the word they were used, using. And then my mom was no more, you know. And so I'm kind of alone in this sea of professional people and... Uh, they start dressing me, you know, they pick your clothes, they pick your shoes, they pick how you, the wigs you're going to wear, um, they do the makeup and, you know, the parties, so they want you to be seen. And uh, it was kind of a scary, it was a scary time because, you know, people are... You were a very naive, sheltered kid. Yeah, and I, I, I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad I was. Um, I believe that if... You know, a boy held your hand too long that you get pregnant. <laughs> I believed it. And so, um, yeah, I was sheltered and naive and, you know, keep your legs crossed kind of stuff. That's what I was told. And um, so these parties where everybody's kind of like, you can go upstairs and you can have, you know, here's some, some alcohol for you or some fancy drinks. And, you know, they had trays with, Whatever you wanted on them, and I just remember, ooh, I don't, I don't really fit here, but I can sing, and so. Um, but then they said one day, well, we need you to start dating this guy um, because you know we're grooming him for, and so you, you, you two need to be seen together, and just. That voice. I'm not saved. I'm worldly. I'm thinking I might be making money, <laughs> but it was like the Holy Spirit, who I didn't know at the time, was saying, "No, no, I'm going to hem you in. I'm behind him before because I've laid my hand on you. This is not for you." And you know, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. And he was saying, I'm going to hold you real fast and joke you out of here. <laughs> and this dating, this total stranger. And I remember meeting him. 
because uh, it was at a restaurant. I don't even remember, but it was at, at the ocean on a pier, and the restaurant there was really pretty. And you look out, and there was like, here's this guy. And I'm like, I just can't do it. I, I, no, I, I can't do it. I'm already dating you, and you're the one for life, <laughs> not this this other guy. And so it's like the Holy Spirit said, no, it's time to go. I'm like, man, I could have made money, at least a little bit maybe, but no, it wasn't worth it. You know, Paula, uh, we've only got a little over a minute now in this half of the program, but we look back, and we, you and I talk often about this, but we look back on all those times in our lives where the, <clears throat> excuse me, where the, the, the Lord stopped us. Yep. From taking that that step too far. Yep. Yep. Um, we were right to that edge. Yep. And he and he stopped us from from crossing that line that we never could have returned from. Yeah. And we see this has happened over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely had the plan, and he was like, "I'm not going to let you mess this up. I've got a plan." You know, because thinking we're going to go our separate ways. The Lord said, no, 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 I've made two one. Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the program. It's the Date Day Edition, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. We'll be back in two minutes. back to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the second half of our date day show 340-9585 your phone calls and questions are welcome especially uh, those of you who have questions for paul about the stuff that we've been talking about or going to talk about in this half of the program. So it doesn't have to be a monologue. It just needs to be, um, we, we hope to be a source of encouragement. Paula, mm-hmm. um, I went through all kinds of, of adjustment issues. Uh, young man, disowned by my family, um, couldn't play baseball anymore because of an injury, um, really without any direction at all. Um, and and I stumbled on something that I was good at. I just I, I opened a newspaper. There was an ad for car salesman. Mm-hmm. Um, no experience necessary. But I was thinking of some <clears throat> of the jobs you had before. Oh yeah, oh. we don't have time for all that. But uh, um, but I was good at it, and and that's when I started to grow up a little bit and accept responsibility. We had a son at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I knew I had to pay bills and take care of you and take care of him. Um, but I was good at it, fooled around for a couple of years and then got really serious. And then I started making some pretty serious money. I mm-hmm. uh, was good at what I did. And I started working uh, unbelievable amounts of hours. Yeah. I was just going to be sure nobody worked harder than I was and mm-hmm. I'm going to do this for my family and all that was a lie. But the point is, uh, you were sort of left on home with a baby. Talk about this is an opportunity. Testimonies have power. Share a little bit about how you came to Christ. Well, <clears throat> how I came to Christ was um, the hopelessness, you know, and the emptiness and the loneliness. Here I'm married with a child, and I couldn't have felt more abandoned. Yeah, we were in Mesa, Arizona. Yeah. Uh, no family, no friends, um, and just, wow, is this how it's supposed to be? And I remember, you know, because it made sure it was on, it was hot. <laughs> I, would, I would cook. It wasn't hot. It, it wasn't was, hot. It, it was hot. It was Africa hot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just uh, eating and getting fat. I mean, I was just in the house cooking and eating. You know, I'd make, I'd make chocolate chip cookies. And, you know, then I'd make a cake, and nobody's around. I can't feed that to my baby. <laughs> so I just would eat. I, just, I, I was a hundred and, for me, I'm, I'm pretty small, so, you know, people out there don't get all weirded out. But 
I was 113 pounds when, before I got pregnant. I was 131 pounds on the day of pregnancy. I'm not pregnant now, and I'm 142, you know? That's a lot of cake and cookies. <laughs> and so just depression eating, you know, that was my way to kind of satisfy myself. And uh, I just remember, wow, I'm miserable. And um, thinking, when is this ever going to end? You know, the people who said they're supposed to love me, just, they don't. You know, I, you start thinking, what's wrong with me? Why is it? Why is life like this? Now I have this baby, and people sometimes people have babies, you know, so they can have somebody who loves them. That wasn't my scenario at all. We were married. I loved you, and that just—that's what happens. Babies happen. Um, I loved Ronnie, of course, but I didn't have him for him to love me. Um, I married you. In fact, he was quite a surprise to both of us. <laughs> yeah, he was a surprise, but. He needed the attention, and I needed some attention. And so it was like, wow, I better just eat something else. Basically, just the hopelessness of the whole thing. But I met a uh, two sister-in-laws. One was a Catholic, and one was a Baptist. And they lived down the, the alley from where our apartment was, but they lived in houses on the other side of the, of the other community. And... I went to each one of their churches. I went to the Catholic church with Judy, and it was like, no, that's not, that's not for me. Um, I remember, because as a kid, I went to a Catholic church, too, with a neighbor around the corner, and I didn't really, it, nothing hit me. And then I went to the Baptist church, and at least they opened the Bible, and they talked about that, and they gave an altar call. And I remember going the second time, and they said that Jesus loves you and he has a plan for your life. Well, I'm looking for love and a plan. So I was like, yeah. So I raised my hand, went for it, got saved. They gave me a Bible. You know, my friends went and bought me a Bible. And I start trying to read it. And sure enough, Jesus says he loves me. He has a plan for me. But now what? Okay, what are you going to do? You're the one who said, you're the one who said this is the one for life. So why is it like this? I mean, I remember starting to question him. Like, this is some kind of plan, but he needed to do a work in me. And uh, it took a long time. You tell a story about crying out to God one one night. Um, Where's the love? Yeah, where's the love everybody's talking about? Where is the love everybody's talking about? That was before... I actually got saved because he said, I love you, I always have and always will. And I said to him, I don't even believe in you. So that was before I got saved. Um, I don't even believe in you. And he said, then who are you talking to? Talking to? Oh, touche. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, maybe you are real. Maybe you are real. But once I got saved, um, things really didn't change that much. And so that was really hard. And that's where I started praying that he kill you with the Mack truck. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, Paula, uh, would you talk about the time, um, you're, you're basically a, a work widow. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about the time where you encountered God hates divorce. Yeah. I was so mad at God. Because <laughs> 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 you should threaten me with that all the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I thought that is... That's just like the most defeating thing, you know, because I had told myself a long time ago, if I get married, I'm married for life. It's me and one this one guy. And so every time, you know, for whatever reason you wanted to threaten me or make me feel lower than I already felt. Yeah, and and the, the, the reason we argued is because you you'd complain about me never being around. And the truth was... <laughs> I mean, I was never around. I know. And so, I mean, why did you marry me? Why are we having kids, mm-hmm. you know? Um, why are you not here? I don't want to be raising these kids just by myself. You know, they're going to turn out messed up. <laughs> I'm doing this for you. Don't you get it for you and the kids? That's why I'm doing this. That's what we men say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we have big TVs and, 
Yeah. And 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 at, at that point, Paula, we were becoming more and more successful from a financial, yeah. worldly perspective. Yeah. And I I would keep buying you stuff. You know, you'd complain, I'd buy. Mm-hmm. You'd complain, I'd buy. Mm-hmm. Whether diamonds or clothes or vacations, we'd send you on vacations, you and the kids, and mm-hmm. and, and that wasn't what you wanted yeah. at all. Yeah. The kids and I would go for the week before so we could do the things we wanted to do. And then you come the second week, and then we did everything that you wanted to do. And, and Going then, to the racetracks. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and yeah. then, you know, you, you encountered that Bible verse. Yeah. I, the Lord God of Israel, hate divorce. Yeah. Explain what that did to your heart. Well, a couple of weeks prior to that, well, no, that, but, yeah, you're right. Let me go back. When I read that, I slammed the Bible shut because, you know, before reading the Bible, I really didn't understand that much. But that was like neon sign, neon (laughs) sign, neon sign. This is the one for life. So stop talking about divorce. And so when I read that, again, I slammed the Bible shut thinking, this is unfair, you know. And uh, but the Lord was like, no, no, no. This is this is me. He said, I need you to love what I love and hate what I hate. I was like, oh, what? You know, it's a real relationship. You get to talk to the Lord and He gets to talk back. He says, I love Ron. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> How could you love that jerk? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I hate divorce. You know, and He also loved me, of course, and. He, he loved our kids as well, and everybody else. Plus, he knows his plan. And so about a couple of weeks later, I'm at your mom's house, and she says, you know what, honey? You and the boys, come live with me. Nobody will blame you. This is your mom. Mm. And uh, I said, well, Mom, I read in the Bible a couple of, you know, a couple of weeks ago that God hates divorce, and he loves Ron. So thanks for your offer, but... No, thanks. I'm going to be okay. It's going to be okay. God has a plan. And I believed him, but I didn't believe him. And that's when he started telling me, just give me one more day. <laughs> yeah, and that one more day turned into 13 years yeah. of praying. Yeah. And and during that 13 years, not only did I get worse in terms of the way I treated you, but things in my life also... Became uh, much worse, and um, I was hiding things. I had a secret life going on. Um, my life was falling apart, and of course, I'm arrogant enough to think that that you don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. You know something's going on, mm-hmm. and Lord is just having you pray. Now, you were um, journaling your prayers during those years. Yeah, and we got stacks and stacks and stacks of those prayer journals and once in a while we'll go back and and sort of read through them but it's so embarrassing to me so painful for me um and obviously i know it's painful for you as well but um we can see the hand of god and there, there was a particular time where um god knew that what i needed was to have everything worldly stripped away from me um all of the money that I'd, I'd accumulated, um, the the success, my reputation, uh, everything, uh, so that there was just nothing left. I was just a shell of a person. And in your prayer journals, there's a, a, a an entry where you write, Lord, it's so painful to watch Ron suffering. Yeah. How, how long? Much, how much lower yeah. Yeah. does he have to get? How and the Lord lower, spoke to your heart longer? and said, Lower. Lower still. And uh, at some point you said, uh, as, as you're watching our, our fortune fall away, yeah. uh, you're saying, Lord, how much more does he have to lose? Yeah. And Lord spoke to your heart. He has to lose everything. Everything. That's how arrogant I was. Yeah. He has to lose everything. And, and then the Lord challenged you and said, are you okay with that? And, and you said <laughs> sort of, you know, in a knee-jerk spiritual response, well, Lord, if you, you have to take everything away from him, that's what it takes to get him to, to be saved. Mm-hmm. Then then take everything away. Yeah. And he stopped you. What did he tell you? Well, you know, as you're talking, because Scripture's coming, you know, the, the desires of our heart or the things in our heart come out of our mouth. Because I heard that come out of my mouth. <laughs> but that's a desire he put in there. 
because my flesh said, oh, well, maybe he doesn't really get saved because, you know, we're doing okay with the money-wise kind of a thing. But how much lower? He said, lower still. And is that okay with you? And it took me all day. Yeah, but, but what, he, what he said specifically is was, if I take everything, take from, everything Ron, from Ron, I'm taking everything, I'm taking from, everything you. from you. Is yeah. that okay is with that you? Is that okay? And yeah. we were, it, you could have divorced me at that day, mm-hmm. and you could have been a very wealthy woman mm-hmm. and lived comfortably the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, talk about the wrestling match you had with the Lord that day. Ooh, yeah, that was an all-day wrestling match. And I was like, Lord, I'm your child kind of thing. I'm serving you. I'm doing everything that you want me to do, you know, which is a lie because I still wasn't doing everything. Um, thought I was so righteous. At one point you said, you wrote in your journal, Lord, I'm doing my part. Why aren't mm-hmm. you doing yours? Where are you? You know, that's right. Um, but, yeah, no, I wrestled with that because I'm thinking, I don't want to be poor, you know. I don't want to be poor. But the, And he said, but I have a plan. Are you going to be okay with that? You know, and that was like eight thirty in the morning when he asked me that question. I must have cleaned our house two times, <laughs> <laughs> upstairs and downstairs. You know, I'm cleaning because I'm getting nervous. I didn't want to eat, even though I think I had a thing of Oreo cookies in my in my pocket. Give the kids three each for their lunch, and I ate the other three rows. But um, yeah, about it was. It wasn't until about five thirty when I said, Lord. You gave all for me. This is the least I could do. I hope it doesn't have to go too, it doesn't get too bad, but Lord, I know that you'll sustain me through. And so, okay. It was a year and a half. We're in the house. Beautiful, you know. And now we're living in a half of a garage. Yikes. And I'm still going to work. You're still going to work, but scared to death every time you go over there, evidently. Um, yeah, but yeah, the Lord, I said, I'm when, yours. When you when you gave up, when you said, Lord, you can have everything, yeah. it was a year and a half before we were homeless. Yeah. that That's how low I had to go. Yeah. That's such an embarrassment. But, but you know, that's, that's the flesh. That's how proud we can get. Yeah. And how self-sufficient I really believe that we men had to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, w- when I finally came to Christ, um, and, and I'd come to Christ before we were homeless, when I finally came to the Lord, things I changed so quickly. Uh, everything changed in an instant. Mm-hmm. And yet I'm still dealing with all of these problems and, and, and people looking for me and all kinds of things that were going on. And and there was always this joy and hope mixed with the fear because we didn't know what the next day was going to mm-hmm, bring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'd, we'd talk about being homeless. People were talking about us. I mean, can you believe they're homeless? And and our kids were in, in high school. Uh, one was a sophomore and one was a senior yeah. in high school at the time, uh, 16 and 18 years of age. And... Um, how embarrassing all of that was for them. And yet there was a joy and a hope that just was all around us. Mm-hmm. I mean, people would look at us and, and, and wonder, what do you have to be happy about? Our, our oldest son got, had a job at a gym. He bought us a membership at the gym so we'd have a place to shower. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what being homeless is like. <laughs> and uh, And at the same time, in that garage, we found a church very close by. Mm-hmm. We got involved in the church, mm-hmm. and Jesus started doing pretty miraculous things mm-hmm. uh, in our lives. And um, all of this, Paula, to say, um, speak to the ladies out there who um, are in that same hopeless or at least apparently hopeless situation mm-hmm. that you found yourself in mm-hmm. and afraid because the world was falling down all around you. Mm-hmm. You didn't know what the next hour was going to mm-hmm. bring, let alone the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet there was a joy. That the, that garage, you used to f- clean it up, rearrange it. Every Wednesday was my yeah. day off. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would change something around or add something to it. 
what what the Lord gave me was learn to be content with less. Learn to be more content with less. And we had a lot less, but having a lot less, I was less distracted by all of those things as well. And the one thing I, I asked the Lord, and I, I need to repeat this prayer, Lord, I want to be better, not bitter. I want to be better, not bitter. And so I was grateful that we had at least that garage to live in. We weren't really on the street street, even though we had we had company in our place, you know, roaches and lice <laughs> and lice and, <laughs> and ticks and all those kind of things, fleas, I should say. There were two mastiff hounds. Oh, my gosh. They lived on the other side of that garage yeah, door. Yeah. And, you know, but the people who let us live there were, she worked with me at the Bank of America. And, I mean, it's just so embarrassing. You think about it. Um, our All of our, well, most of our stuff was stored at one of our kids' friends' house. So his parents, they they knew that here we are, these millionaires, and now we're homeless, you know. What happened to them? Um, yeah, it was embarrassing, sort of. And yet it was like the Lord is doing something, you know. And I never remember complaining at that place. We never got bit by the roaches. and the. It was like the Lord said, well, when you turn the lights out, just keep your eyes closed because that's when they come out. <laughs> but I'm not going to let them bite you. We never got bit, you know. We just shared space with those other things, <laughs> creatures. Um, but I, but we learned the secret of being content in all things, whether with plenty or little. So, and so, you still would go and do the Bible studies. Yeah. So, Paula, what, we're inside five minutes now. For, for the program. I like looking back on these things. Yeah, but what did you do with the anger? You know, a lot of a lot of ladies are angry, feel like God dealt them a bad hand. Uh, they married a guy who said he was a Christian and, and he's a jerk. Yeah. Um, there's no fulfillment. Yeah. Um, what did you do with the anger? How did you deal with the anger? Um, I had to keep giving that to the Lord because I, I really did say, Lord, this doesn't seem fair. But that's when he would say, every time I would have that phrase, he would kind of show me the cross with him, you know, getting spit upon, his beard being pulled out. And at the at this women's retreat we just had, Ron, I don't think I've ever thought about this, but it has hit me where Jesus, because in, in pictures that you see, and if you ever go to a Catholic uh, church or anything like that, you see Jesus still hanging on the cross, which he isn't really there anymore, but he's got a loincloth on. A couple of people were saying, he didn't have a loincloth on. He was just exposed. And it, and he went obediently. For me to be in a marriage where you weren't loving me back made me, that's why I call you my second husband, <laughs> um, made me fall in love with my first husband because he gave it all. He gave it all, and um, I, I learned to be content in his love. And because he loved you so much, he wanted to love you through me. And so the anger was, I don't want to. You want to love him, you love him, but keep me out of it. He said, no, 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 no. Remember First Corinthians six nineteen. You know, you're not your own, you're bought at a price. Don't forget that, Paula. And so the anger was, I, you just keep dip, you dumping it onto the Lord, and then he fills you with his joy. And walking like Jesus going to the cross, for the joy set before him, he endured the agony of the cross, scorning its shame, and then he sat down at the right hand of God. Well, when you're walking in obedience to what God has asked you to do, and I'm to be your wife, I'm a wife to Christ, I'm a wife to you, but I'm a wife because of him. And that's my role. And pretty much he's kind of filled me with joy with all that, even in those difficult times. It's like, I like what Louie and Annette said when they're not getting along. Louie just says, hey, we're best friends. Let's just remember we're best friends and live for the Lord. And so that's what you do with the, with the anger. You give it to God, and he says, 
Why are you angry? Okay, we've got two minutes, Paula, so uh, answer this as briefly as you can. Uh, through all of that, mm-hmm. all the pain, yeah. all of the, 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 the fear, yeah. I mean, we were overwhelmed by fear. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever think it would end up where it's ended up, and was it worth it? No way would I think, and it isn't over. It isn't over, but I couldn't have dreamed this big. And, you know, we have a lot of wonderful stories behind us, but, you know, what's coming is the most exciting. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not just Mama Paula. I'm Grandma Paula now. And so I get to work, look at the stories that are coming because we've been here so long. Like Louie's getting ordained tomorrow, you know. Uh, yeah, no, I, I love my life. Our kids and our own, our own biological kids and grandkids are watching. They used to call and say, oh, you guys are still there? And now they say, what's happening? Mm-hmm. No, we call and say, we're still here. And what, what is God going to do with us next? You're 71, I'm 70, but we're not done. And I'm looking forward to what he's going to do next. So, I, I, yeah. Thank you, God, for putting your hand upon me and hemming me in back and front because you've led me into a wonderful life. And it's worth so, it. So are you glad you stayed with me instead of being the supreme singer? Oh, yeah. The labor pains, <laughs> the labor pains with you have been way worth it. Hey, thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the day-to-day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And I'll be back, Lord willing, tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. And Lord Paula, thanks for being here. Thank you, honey. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4 And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.